morning, good afternoon, good evening from whenever and wherever you are. I am your host, Jackson Janetsky, and I am very excited to welcome you all into the Intersection Podcast, a podcast featured through the Ohio State Sports and Society Initiative. On today's episode, we have a great guest, Maria Slavikovsky. Did I say that correctly? Slavikovsky. Slavikovsky. So oh, yes. so close. <laughs> Uh, it's Pol- the Polish in me. I'm like, anytime I see a ski, I was like, I should probably ask, but I'm going to take a chance here. So Good. sports information director at Ohio State for Ohio State women's basketball, women's volleyball, men's gymnastics, and track and field. Did I hit them all? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. And you've been here since 2021, correct? Yes. I'll summer. be liked it here. I love it here. I, I'm, I feel really blessed to be here this early in my career. This was somewhere that was kind of always a goal on the horizon for me and to achieve that and get here so quickly at the start of my career. I'm just blessed to be here trying to soak in as much as I can um, and make every minute count. Sure. And I guess for those, because I guess I don't even necessarily know, what exactly is an SID? Like, what do you do? We know it's the the middle person between like myself and the student athletes, but what exactly is the role of an SID? Well, that's one of the biggest parts of being an SID is the media relations portion. So connecting people like yourself and local national media with the student athletes and coaches and just really helping amplify their story and the story of the program and, you know, hopefully gain some fans along the way. That's the one part. I kind of break it up into four parts, but there's so much more that we could talk about. But that's the first part I talk about. The second part is social media. Uh, So we work really closely with our digital team, our marketing team, our Learfield squad. Like everybody comes together to not only, you know, tell that story through media, but tell that story on social media too because a lot of fans are on social so media relations, social media, stats and records, uh, the people keeping stats at games are sometimes us, sometimes people that we sure. bring in. Shout out job. to our stats crew. Yeah, yeah. it's an important job. <laughs> um, but, you know, when a basketball player is approaching 1,000 points, volleyball player, 1,000 kills, we're tracking that ahead of time so that right when that happens, we can have an announcement, a graphic, um, kind of celebrating the moment in the moment sure. instead of going back and saying, oh, hey, you know. Yeah, we su- such and such that. happened. Yeah, and this yeah, happened we didn't know two about days it. ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we're tracking all of that stuff um, ahead of time so that we can get that out to the appropriate channels. Um, and then the fourth is the website. Uh, so we're fortunate to have a couple people on staff here that work directly with the website, but updating the bios and the record books and um, previews, recaps, writing. I love writing. Sure. Uh, I get a little nerdy about writing, <laughs> but... Those are the four areas that I kind of classify most of what we do under. And then, as you mentioned, all duties as assigned, other duties as assigned. So, you know, kind of whenever somebody needs something, a lot of times they come to us and then we filter that through the appropriate person. Sure. And I want to come back to the writing piece just Absolutely. in a quick second. But <laughs> in terms of kind of like your roles and responsibilities, we, we love, I know I do a lot of broadcast calls with Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Shout out to Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. Um and we love the game notes. They are literally the greatest things of all time because we can just flip through them and anything and everything is in there. So we applaud you and we thank you very, very much for taking the time to actually put those game notes together. Thank you. I they Because they help us a ton. So I want to go back to the writing piece. So you wrote for the Odyssey, correct, at, at yes. Otterbein? Well, I was at Otterbein a little bit. It was sort of a freelance opportunity. Yeah. Um, I actually, you know, that seems like forever ago. Sure. But it was an opportunity to you know, not just be doing those preview recaps, but kind of branch out beyond sports. And yeah. so I'm thankful for that in my writing journey and 
it's a part of me. Now I get into that routine of previews, recaps, sometimes sure. a feature, but that was a lot of fun. Is that more, is that, is that what you like to do? Kind of that freelance writing where you can kind of write about maybe what you want? I saw a couple on there that I thought were interesting. There was a, I think, 12 punny things for Halloween. I think that was <laughs> one of the first ones that came up. And then there was something about 11 things dance has taught me. Okay. Were you were you a dancer? I was. I um, danced, you know, all through my life, minored in it in college, and that was something that kind of kept up my mental and physical health through sure. all the burdens of, you know, doing internships and jobs and all that stuff through college. I would say when I was younger, I loved creative writing, yeah. and I took a class in it in high school, and I think that it helped push my mind into that creative space. Whereas now a lot of what we do is very cookie cutter. Here's Black a preview for the next game. Sure. Okay, the game happened. Here's a recap of what happened. And I want to push myself to do more of that featurey stuff. Yeah. Um, easier said than done, sure. of course, with all the things we got going on. But that's something that I just enjoy to step out of, you know, point A to point B and just kind of let my mind wander a little yeah. bit. Uh, I don't do as much of it now as I probably would like to but all good yeah it's enjoyable you let sure. your mind wander you let yourself get creative you see what you can come up with sometimes it doesn't see the light of day sometimes yeah. it does and it's just something that i don't know you kind of like dance you put your heart and your soul into something and sure. you see what comes out yeah and <laughs> i get let me kind of ask that you know we're kind of getting a little off topic of yours back on topic That's here good. but what, what what's exactly like what's your favorite thing to kind of like write about like well, what freelance wise what is Maria's number one thing to write about. I haven't freelanced since the Odyssey. Really? <laughs> to be honest, yes, because I think that what we do here requires so much focus and effort. And then when I go home, I kind of the sure. at the end of the night a lot of times. So that's that's a technical term, the bleh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh man, I think kind of putting you on the spot here. I know this is something I haven't thought of in a while, to be honest. But I'm glad that I'm thinking about yeah. it because for me sure um i would say if it's not gonna see the light of day i would write about myself and how i'm feeling things i've experienced in my journey um now i'm not really one to broadcast all of my personal matters out there totally so if it's it. gonna see the light of day i would honestly love to get more featurey with our athletic department and the sure. student athletes and yeah. coaches i work with most of what I do right now is setting up those feature interviews and sure. stories, and I love seeing those come to fruition, and I really want to try to get more of those in myself. Yeah, so kind of just storytelling yes. at the end of the day, just yes. storytelling about these student-athletes. And I know you did some stuff, too, with the Otterthon. Yes. Is it, so, so what exactly is the Otterthon? Is that like a dance marathon? I know they have something similar to that. At, I think they have something similar to that here and maybe at Kentucky as well, and I'm sure they have it at other schools, too, but – those are the two schools that are kind of close to me, so I know about them. But you participated in the Otterthon, correct? I and did. and what exactly kind of like was your role with the Otterthon? So my role with Otterthon, I really wanted to take a big role with that because I think that so much of what we do in life, like I, I'm privileged to have all these opportunities in my life, and seeing what some other people go through, if I can even help, you know, brighten their day or make their lives a little bit easier. That's what I like to put my time into, and that's what a lot of the things I did when I was at Otterbein 
kind of went towards is like helping others. Um, it brings me a lot of joy. And so with Otterthon, it's a dance marathon raising money for like the Children's Miracle Network. Sure. And so it, it was a little bit new when I was there. It had only been around for a couple of years and they were looking for exec board members and they listed out every position that you could apply for and public relations rep was on there. Sure. So yeah, I thought that perfectly. was a good fits fit perfectly, um, yeah. <laughs> with my passion for helping the kids. And then also I was a kind of a budding PR professional at that point, still very yeah. green. But I thought that that was a great opportunity to try to help their message and get better and more fluid with that PR side of things as well. So sure. I would go back and do it all over again. And so did it all kind of come down to you just wanted to, to help the kids in a sense? Yes. And that's, <laughs> that's great. And I and I read a piece too in the Dispatch by Allison Ward talking about a mentoring program that you did. I don't know. Was this at Otterbein or was yes. this in high school? It was at Otterbein. Otterbein. Yep. And I, I thought it was, it was awesome going to different schools. And it was, I think the one thing that I saw, it said mentoring program, it helps inspire female leaders of tomorrow. Is that is that something that you kind of take like now at Ohio State and like take those experiences that you did and really kind of use that to help the student athletes here at Ohio State? I hope so. Uh, some days I'm hard on myself and I think that I could do a little bit more. But um, growing up, it's always if you could see her, you can be her. And sure. I think that now being a professional in this space and working with student athletes who are at a very pivotal point in their life, it's important for me to, one, set a good example, and two, just be there as a mentor, leader, friend, uh, someone to bounce ideas off of, really whatever they need. Having somebody in my position who's willing to be a sounding board for them and sure. help them work through you know, their next step or their yeah. career path, whatever that is, I just want to be there for them. And it comes yeah. back to just caring about sure. other people, I yeah. think. I think that's at the center of everything that I do. Um, but with that, you know, it's younger elementary school. And right. now I'm a little bit older, and now it's the college students that I was when I was in that mentoring program. Right. So I think it's coming full circle for me with that. But I did want to mention something. When I was interning with the Blue Jackets as an Otterbein student, my direct supervisor, Karen Davis, she is not um, with the Blue Jackets anymore. She transferred out of sports a little bit, but that was somebody in my life at the time, strong female role model, sure. my direct supervisor. I was sounding ideas off of her. She was showing me, you know, how to write a great press release and walking me through that. And so through that experience, I just took away that I want to be that person sure. for somebody. So I think it kind of all ties together. It's all part of one bigger narrative. Yeah. And so it, it's funny that you mentioned that because you almost like read my mind that that was my next question about whether or not you had a mentor <laughs> or a role model. I saw somebody within the Otterbein Women's Leadership Network. Is Zenios? Is that is that a name that Bettina, rings? A, yeah. Yes. Is that yeah. a name that rings a bell? It, was she at all kind of helpful in terms of your journey at Otterbein to maybe transition to, to getting that job, first job at Miami of Ohio? So she was outside of the sports industry and so I think that that was very important for me to have somebody outside of sports too because once I was set on working in sports people weren't going to stop me from working in sports right but it is a very specialized industry and just so to have somebody who is a role model outside of the industry who could kind of give me a full picture and just 
let me know what to expect in the real world, not necessarily sports, but just what to expect and, and how to conduct myself. I think that was very helpful to have. Sure. And I guess it kind of ties into dance too. How, how did that connection with sports kind of come about? Like where, obviously that they're not different in a sense, but it's, it's dance. And then you're looking at somebody, you know, on a basketball court, where did that connection kind of, kind of merge and, and come into play at, at a certain time? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question, and I actually have a very pinpointed answer, which Perfect. I think is really something because it was a turning point in my life. Dance was something that I did since I was four, and it was always a part of my life. I played lacrosse a little bit growing up as well and then focused my attention and energy back on dance. And then when I got to college, I didn't know that this career path even existed. Sure. And I signed up for sports communication because I had always enjoyed being around sports and I enjoyed writing and communicating yeah. and not knowing exactly what this was. So I took a class my freshman year with Dan Steinberg, who was my advisor, who had a huge role in getting me on this path. Shout sure. out Dan Steinberg. <laughs> um, but that course was like an introduction to sports communication. And in that course, he brought in different speakers in the industry, and one of them being Todd Schrock from the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's still there. He's their VP. And when Todd was talking about what he does on a daily basis and everything that goes into being a sports communicator, it was a light bulb moment for yeah. me. I knew that that's exactly where I wanted to be. That's exactly where I needed to be. And then I just turn all my efforts and how do I get there? Sure. So that was that was the turning point. Perfect. Now, a lot of the time people don't necessarily have a pinpoint answer. So the fact that you have that specific moment where it's kind of like, like you said, a, a light bulb goes off. and You're like, wow, this is I want to do this like this. This is awesome. And and so I guess that kind of, you know, transitions into a little bit of the next piece, your first job at Miami of Ohio, uh, you know, down in Oxford. What kind of how did that come about? Like wh where? Where did that come from going from Otterbein to a little bit of a bigger school in, in Miami, if you want to call it a, a bigger school? Hey, it was bigger than Otterbein. Yeah. So. <laughs> I went to Heidelberg, so I can okay. I can attest. <laughs> we can relate. There's we about two relate. people that go to Heidelberg, and oh, I was dear. one of them. So. <laughs> well, hey, I know half of them then. There we go. Um, I, I think that coming out – so starting second semester of my senior year, I started looking at different job boards online, not really knowing a lot of people in the industry, but knowing that – this was 150% what I wanted to do, and I wasn't going to take no for a final answer. Sure. And so I just I started blind applying on these websites. I put together my resume, was writing different cover letters, and just sending them out. And, I mean, unfortunately, most of the places I applied, I didn't have any sort of connections or anything, and I knew that I was probably going into a large applicant pool, an applicant pool that knew, you know, had more experience than I did. Sure. But I just kept sending those letters and yeah. those resumes out there and I was a finalist for a couple other positions and I ended up going to the other person I was devastated at the time but then it all worked out because right. I ended up at Miami Ohio and, and it was truly by chance they just decided to take a chance on me I didn't have collegiate athletics experience like the other applicants but my Blue Jackets experience and how substantial that was was you know kind of I think why they interviewed me and then my boss there, Dave Meyer, I still keep in touch with him multiple times a week. He said that when they talked to me, you could tell just how much I wanted to be in this industry and how much I was willing to work for it. And so I appreciated that because easily my application could have gone in the no pile, sure. not having any collegiate right. experience. So right. it was it was all by chance, but it was that I just refused to give up 
yeah. on the dream that I had. And I think it was 80 plus applications later. And that's the one that stuck. And I'm an Ohio kid. So sure. I had no complaints. It connected. <laughs> it all made it all made sense. And yes. so I guess kind of to talk about just young professionals in a sense and, and kind of mentoring those that don't necessarily, like you mentioned, to have that experience. What what do you think made you stand out amongst those other applicants? Because I know you mentioned you didn't necessarily have that collegiate experience. What what do you think made you stand out amongst some of the other applicants? Or do you maybe not even know? That's a great question. And I only really know because I asked Dave Meyer at Miami after they hired me. And I was there for a little while. So I already showed them sure. I could work. You know, didn't want to jump right, in too right. soon. Um, but when I asked him, I'm like, well, why would you pull my application I, I got so many no's I got so many you know no replies right and he said he pulled it because he respects the professional experience that I had on there I had a couple minor league baseball teams in the summer internship sort of thing but he pulled it and he's like okay we'll talk to her and we're, we'll see what she's about and then it was the passion that I had during my interview I think that sold him and so I was happy to hear that because Whenever I'm talking to college students now, I always say, you know, I can teach you how to write a recap. I can't teach you how to truly love and want to be here. Sure. So I think that that's what made me stand Well, and out. I, can, I can feel the passion. I can, like, feel oh, that you, like, you. genuinely <laughs> care about being a sports information director and being in the sports communication I field. Do. And I think that's great. I think that everyone should have that mentality. And I realize that everyone doesn't and that I'm blessed to have that mentality. But at the same time, I'm, I'm blessed to be here and I want to put my heart and soul into it. And sure. So, I don't know. I, it, we work too many hours right. to not enjoy it. Right. And, and that's you know? how that's how I feel about coaching as well. You know, we, we, we get in and all the boys, they I've got a new-ish team this year and a lot of the boys don't know each other. And I'm like, look, if I just put my heart into this and show them that I care, they might not necessarily care as much as I do, but it's there, there's going to be a connection that's going to be built eventually. And oh, absolutely. and they'll start to see that and feed and, and grow off it. I'm sure that the student athletes that you work with here at Miami, mm -hmm. at St. Francis, were all the same way, I would assume. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's such a pivotal point, too. Right. And you're trying to figure out who you want to be after college, where you want to end up. And I think if you don't have that tight-knit community, you're going to have a hard time figuring out yourself as well, having other people to help you figure sure. out yourself I think that's really important and I saw something too I thought I thought it was funny on Twitter or X or whatever we want to call <laughs> it now uh, I think it was the Miami Ohio field hockey team and I think I was just scrolling through it was like what can I find about Maria that would be <laughs> interesting and I saw vi a, a video that you maybe retweeted or posted about of the Miami of Ohio field hockey team singing happy birthday to you oh. at some point I don't know when this I was yeah but <laughs> are those like the types of moments that you kind of like cherish and you know like this was all, I don't want to say worth it, but like this is, I, I see that I'm making an impact on these young student athletes. That completely took me by surprise. And I remember because it was a photo day that year and I have an August birthday. So it, it fell on their photo day and we're like going all the way around campus. And then, you know, I was talking to the photographer and I turned around and they're singing. And I don't necessarily love like the personal attention, sure. but in that moment, all of that aside, yeah. I understood that they cared enough to sing me happy birthday sure. and that was the part that tickled me a little bit uh, and that uh. you know it, it's i i like to hear more about you know if they used to struggle with interviews and then a couple of years later they're like oh man i i feel 
confident and comfortable now. Like that's the sure. stuff that I love to hear more yeah. than the happy birthdays. Sure. But that was something that tickled me a little bit just because I was like, oh, you know, they realized that today was my birthday. Like nobody had to tell them. I sure. wasn't walking around with a birthday pin. Yeah, you like, know? hey, it's so my birthday. I've exactly. got, you've got the sash and I'm the hat not on. Do yeah. that. <laughs> right. No, but it was that part and the thoughtfulness behind it sure. that really struck me. Good. Yeah. And I guess it kind of goes, you know, tying into the student athletes here. It, you've worked with plenty of fantastic and amazing student athletes is I don't want to necessarily say manage but kind of connect is there a different way that you connect with student athletes I know you work with the men's gymnastics team and we'll, we'll say the women's volleyball team for example we were talking about them before we came on the air but is there a different way that you kind of connect with those student athletes or is it you do similar things with different sports or is it kind of just sport by sport basis that's a good question and it's a little bit different and a little bit the same. The part that's the same is that whenever I start working with a new team, and I'm happy that I've been with all these teams for a few years now, so I've been able to build that rapport a little bit, but whenever I start working with a new team, the forefront of what I'm doing is that I'm here and I care. Sure. And that's the basis of everything. And, okay, yes, I'm going to be asking you for interviews, and I'm going to be you know, having you do media, and maybe that's not your favorite thing, but I'm not going to be putting you in a bad situation. I'm there for you. Like, I support you. Whenever you're doing those interviews, I'm right there with you, um, just kind of as a friendly face so yeah. that you're not as nervous. But I think that the forefront of everything is that I'm here and I care. And then the different part of it comes in with different teams or different communication styles, and that goes for student-athletes and coaches too. Sure. So coming in as a newbie, learning those communication styles, I think, is – 1B, 1A being sure. the message that I care. And then 1B is, okay, how do you like to be communicated with? And sure. how can I easily reach you? So I think learning how each team is different and tailoring what I'm doing and how I interact to how they're used to being. Sure. So I try to kind of blend in. Right. I'm not going to come in and ruffle any yeah. feathers. But uh, so a little bit the same, a little bit different. But at the end of the day, I just about them yeah. people too sure. and they need to know that i'm not just here to make them do interviews right, you know sure. I, i'm i'm i want them to put a positive foot forward and really yeah. make a name for themselves and you can even kind of break that down one step further and it's almost by athlete by athlete is, is oh, different absolutely. in a sense not even necessarily yes team culture you have you know your men's gymnastics your women's volleyball and your women's basketball but each player within that I'm, I'm sure is different. I'm sure JC Sheldon <laughs> is completely different from Anna Morris on the women's volleyball team in the terms of the way you communicate with them. And not just because, you know, just cause they're different people. And I'm right. sure that's, that's a big challenge as well to be able to find that, that balance between every single individual athlete, I would assume. It's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have all the answers now when I've been with them for two and a half years, but it's just a day-by-day -day basis thing, and, and it can also change from, sure. you know, month to month, year to year of what they need from me and how I can support them. So it's just in constant flux, and yeah. I'm just always trying to figure out how I can best serve them because we wouldn't all be here um, as an athletics department if it wasn't for the student-athletes. Sure. So we need to make their experience they as give, great they as They give we everybody can. a job <laughs> that's, that's behind the scenes. Totally Absolutely. get it. And, and I guess I want to kind of wrap it up here with, with something I saw, it was a college sports communicators article, the life article or day in the life of an SID or something like that. <laughs> and your one answer I think was great. It was short, it was sweet, and there was nothing really to it. And I think they asked, what was what, what was the most important thing to you of, 
of gaining from your experience or something like that. And it was just rich in knowledge or, or something about gain, being rich. And it was rich in knowledge and relationships. Why are relationships so valuable to you? I mean, I think growing up, relationships have always been important to me. And then getting into this industry, we're the communicators. We're the people, I, I like to say, we're kind of the glue that holds a lot of different moving pieces together. And so I think that in constant communication and building those relationships, like I don't want to just be going through the motions of my job. I want to be connecting with all the people that I'm working with. So relationships is at the forefront of what we're doing as SIDs. And I I think it's just extremely important with whoever you're working with to not just care about what they're helping you with work-wise, but to care about what else is going on in their life. I mean, people have so many other things happening, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think that that goes into the working relationship side of things too, because that's going to affect how you're communicating with that person, how they might be communicating with you. So I really just find it to be the heart of everything that I do. And the knowledge part of that answer was that I have all of these wonderful, knowledgeable people around me. What can I do to soak it up and really help myself be better and help myself take that next step in terms of being a professional, a leader, a mentor within the department? I'm trying to soak in what everybody else has um, for me that has been here a little bit longer than I have and put that into my own kind of work and my own flow of things sure. and, and take that to heart. So yes, rich in knowledge, rich, rich in relationships. Sure. Those are the two things at the forefront, I think, of what we do every day. Yeah. And I think they all, they almost go hand in hand in a sense, right? You gain, you gain your knowledge of, from all the, the knowledgeable people and everybody around you and you build that relationship and kind of pass that knowledge along to the student athletes. And I think that fits perfectly into pretty much everything you've, you've talked about today I think so too. <laughs> for, for the most part, like it, it literally does go hand in hand. And like I said, I, I know I can speak just from sitting here and talking with you for the 25, 30 minutes that you really, really, really do care about these student athletes. And I think that is awesome. And in all honesty, it's my fourth podcast. This is my favorite one I've done so far. Oh, so thank you. I thought that, I that. that this was great because this is a little bit of, this is a little bit different for me too. Where we've I, the last couple I've talked all sports, NIL, and I Coach McGuff was in here Coach a couple McGuff weeks, <laughs> and that's where I think you you were here as well, standing outside, and and we had Ben Fury and and Andrew King talking about Bishop Sycamore, which is a totally that is way out there. But this this one's a little more. I think I can relate to this one a little more, just being a coach. And so I respect and appreciate anybody that, that has to work with these student athletes and connect with them in certain ways. And I just, I think it's great. So I just wanted to applaud you and just thank say you're you. doing a very, very good job because it's, oh, it's you. great. So <laughs> no, I appreciate you having me on too. It's a little bit different being in this seat. I'm normally the one setting up the interview. Sure. So tried to remember all the media training that I've put our <laughs> student athletes through and sure. channel that into this. <laughs> I think I think it was perfect. You did great. That's why I, I appreciate having you on today. Thank I think it was a me. great conversation. So that's going to do it for us today on the Intersection Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Jackson Janetsky. Tune in next time for our next episode of the Intersection Podcast. <laughs>